for the beautiful presence of the Lord in the house of God today. I am so thankful that I am here. Thankful that you have come. And we are all thankful that the Lord Jesus has come. He is in our midst, his power and his touch. If you will turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 10, we will read verse 1 and 2. Verse well, 1 through 4, and then we will read verses 30 and 31. To our guest, we are so honored. You have honored us by coming. Thank you for being here. We pray that you have already been blessed of the Lord, touched of his spirit. We want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ desires to do wonderful things in your life. You have never received his spirit. He wants you to have it today. You've never been baptized in his name for the remission of your sins. He wants you to do that today. He loves you. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. And he wants to be your Lord and your God. We have, the church has been on a little bit of an extended fast and prayer. The Lord has been blessing us mightily. We're a little over halfway through. Everybody say amen. Wednesday night was absolutely incredible. We were ministered to in such a powerful way. I sent the link of that message in an email. I hope you received it. I'm asking that if it's at all possible, rearrange your schedule, whatever it is you need to do, but be in the house of the Lord this Wednesday night. The word is only being ministered for about 15 or 20 minutes, and then we have prayer, and oh, do we have prayer. The power of God moves, wonderful things happen and take place. We are excited, but we need you. Tell your neighbor, we need you. Wednesday night, they didn't believe you, tell them, tell them, Brother Scott, where's your wife? She was singing, tell somebody, tell Brother Jones, will you tell Brother Jones we need him Wednesday night? Thank you. All right, we love you guys. Pick on Brother Jones because I don't think he's ever missed a Wednesday night. So we need you to be in the house of God. Let's have powerful church this coming Wednesday night. In Jesus' name. I know it's school now, but we'll start at 7, and we'll be absolutely 100% done by about 8.15 at the latest, 8.30. Book of Acts, chapter 10, verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms. Everybody say, he gave much alms. Now that's more than just money. He did good deeds to the people. Alms to the people, prayed to God always. Everyone say, he gave and he prayed. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour 
of the day, which is 3 p.m. in the afternoon, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers, everybody say, Thy prayers. And thine alms, say, Thine alms. Or come up for a memorial before God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to build a memorial before God. I want Him to notice me. I want Him to notice everything about me, my family, my lost loved ones, my lost co-workers. I want Him to know my worst enemy because I want my worst enemy saved too. That way they won't be my enemy anymore. Maybe. I've met a few. Well, okay. Thy prayers, thine arms, are come up as a memorial before God. Verse 30. Now, between verse 4 and 30, your homework. Go home and read it. He says, send to Peter. Go fetch him. He comes back, comes to the house. And here we have Cornelius explaining to Simon Peter what took place in verses 1 through 4. But something's added. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, I was fasting. Everyone say, fasting. Say, prayer. Say, alms. I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. There's not a person in this building that doesn't want to hear God say that to us. Thy prayer is heard. Thine arms, or thine arm and thine arms, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Fasting, prayer, and arms. Lord, I ask you today that you would minister to our hearts and our minds. God, that you would lift us up into a greater dimension of prayer and fasting and giving of ourselves to the kingdom of God. That our prayers might be heard. That the power of God might be manifested in our lives and mountains be moved. Speak to us today, O oh God. I ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus. And would you put your Bibles down, but would you pray with Pastor for a moment? Come on. 
Let's pray together. Father, just move amongst us. Touch us today. We need to hear from God. We need your presence and your power upon us, Lord Jesus. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Now let's put that in second gear. You can do it. I know you can. Put those hands together for the Lord. He's worthy. Why don't you lift your head up to him right now and give him a shout. Jesus, we praise you. <laughs> Lord, we adore you. We adore you. We love you, Lord. Come amongst us. Come amongst us. Come amongst us. Oh, God, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. God bless you. You may be seated. The church has been in a season of fasting and prayer. And we have been seeking God. We taught on the power of prayer for many weeks, even months. And the Lord and, and the importance of seeking God and the importance of putting time aside and communicating with God. Not making it an option in our life, but making it an priority. That communicating with Him becomes the most important thing that you and I can do on any given day of our life. And so whether that is in the morning when you wake up, in the afternoon when you come home, or maybe you worked all day, all night long, and you come home, you go to bed, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we put time aside for God because we need Him. We need to hear from Him, and we want Him to hear from us. Can you clap your hands to the Lord if you believe that? There's not a person in this building today that does not understand the importance of prayer. You and I both know that if we allow our prayer life to slack, if we go days or maybe even sometimes a week and we haven't even taken the time to get on our knees or lay before the Lord, prostrate, reaching out to God, we know that if we go any any. A length of time at all we can feel the drain in our spirit we can feel the attack of the adversary anger begins to rise up old spirits we used to deal with begin to show their head again because they never really go away we just keep them pushed down through the power of prayer 
But then we learn that there is something that adds a dimension to prayer, and that is fasting. That when you do not just pray alone, but you have a season of fasting, a time that you put aside to God, that you're not feeding the flesh, you're concentrating, you are focusing upon the Lord, your body, your soul, your mind, and your spirit. We learn that fasting just by itself, although it is good, there is an added dimension to fasting when we actually take the time out to pray. There was a reason Jesus said, these come out but by, by prayer and fasting because there's something about it. Fasting alone is awesome, but it bring, goes up to a new dimension when you add prayer. Prayer alone is incredible, but there's something about it. It goes to a new dimension when you add fasting. And so the Lord touched me today. Yesterday, he spoke to me, and he began to minister about a third dimension that can be added to your life and to my life and it's revealed right here in this story in the book of Acts we find that Cornelius he had been fasting and he had been praying and we know that because verse 30 tells us he wasn't only praying but he was fasting as well but something amazing happened in the in this walk with Cornelius a centurion, a Gentile, an angelic being appeared in his midst and he looked down upon Cornelius and he said, sir, there's something God wants you to know. He has heard your prayer. He has not only heard your prayer, but your alms, your giving, your deeds to the church, to the house of God. Even though you're a Gentile, even though you're an outcast, even though you're considered a dog, somewheres in your life, I don't know how, but you heard about God. You heard about Jehovah. You heard about this Jesus and you've been praying to him and you've been fasting but you went beyond that you said I'm not only going to seek your face I'm going to bless your people And I am telling you that it was the arms that brought his fasting and his prayer to a brand new dimension that built a wall in the face of God that God could not ignore. God said, you feed the poor, I'll bless your home. God said, you clothe the naked, I'll make sure you got clothes. God said, you feed the hungry, I'll put food in your cupboard. God said, 
I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost wants to speak to me and you. He's come to talk to us about raising this thing up another level, going higher, going deeper in the power of the Holy Ghost, prayer, fasting. But then I must give of myself. I must bless my brother. I must bless my sister. I must find a sinner and help them and touch them. I must give um. Come on, let's love the Lord for a moment. Let's praise him. Praise him just for a moment. Let pastor get his strength. Just praise him. Give God praise. We have to remember that Cornelius was a sinner. <laughs> and the last I heard in the Bible, God don't hear the prayers of sinners. But when you read that out, you'll find that there is a cause to that. Psalms tells us in Psalm 66 and 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Proverbs 124, because I have called and ye refused, I stretched out my hand, no man regard it, then shall they call upon me, verse 28, but I will not answer, they shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. You study these verses and you look into the background, you'll find out that when God says, I don't hear the call of a sinner, I don't hear the voice of a sinner, I don't hear the prayers of a sinner, he's talking about those who have hardened their hearts, those who are not seeking him, those who have no desire to find him. But I'm telling you, the word of God says just the opposite for those of us who have put our affection upon him who have repented of our sins and have called upon his face. I've come to tell you, sir, I've come to tell you, ma'am, you can get into the presence of God. You don't have to have a pedigree on this. You don't have to have generations in the church. You can be a stranger off the street that never knew God. Nobody in your family knows God. God, but if in your heart you begin to seek him, in your heart you begin to desire him, he will hear your prayer. He will hear your prayer. Oh, yes, he will. There wouldn't be a one of us in here if God didn't hear sinners' prayers. <laughs> First John 1 and 8. If we say that we have no sin, look at your neighbor and say, you sinner. You just made him an honest person. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
But if we confess our sins, he is just, sorry, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First Timothy 1 and 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom Paul said I am the chief. I've come to tell you Cornelius proves it. It doesn't matter how outcast you are. It doesn't matter how cut off you think you are. If you will begin to seek the face of God, he will show up in your life. He will not refuse a repentant heart, a humble spirit. He will not turn away a man that is seeking after him. He will, he will reach for you. Stay with me for a moment. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 13. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past is. You may have even confessed or had doubt in your mind and your heart that there even is a God. You may not even be sure today, but I'm telling you, if you will open up your mouth and begin to call upon him, he will manifest himself to you. You will feel his presence. You will feel his power because he died on the cross for me he died on the cross for you he shed his blood but we find here in the story of Cornelius we find an added dimension that I want you and I to get a hold of I want this church to get a hold of it more I know we're a I know we are a, a given church. We are always in the top 100 of giving in the, in the United States of America to, to foreign missions, building churches and building schools, and reaching the lost around the world. And, oh, Lord God, it's working. The hundreds of thousands of people who would have never heard this gospel, who are being saved and baptized and churches are growing and, 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 and villages are being reached. Entire Trinitarian denominations are being converted over into this beautiful gospel of the one of Jesus Christ being Lord and God of all your monies and your efforts they're being used for incredible powerful things and lives are being changed I thank God for fasting I thank God for prayer it raises us to a dimension that we could not reach without it but the Holy Ghost has come to say to this church that if you will add to it alms if you will become a church that is full of compassion if you will become a church that is overwhelmed with love if you will become a church that becomes active in your community and you bless the sinners and you reach for the lost and you feed the poor and you begin to do things out of the love of your heart God said it will raise you up to a level you have never been 
I will show up in your midst. You will build a wall before me. That word alms, I didn't even know this was a word, but it is. Compassionateness, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-A-T-E-N-E-S-S. -E -E -S. It's got to be the longest word in English. Next to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's a word. This word alms. You know, we see that and we think, well, he just gave money and gave money and gave money. And he probably did give money. But that's not all that that God, that's not what just, it wasn't just that that became a wall before God. That word, alms, means compassionateness. It means to be a, 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 a a beneficiary, a one, a benefactor who gives, who responds. One of its one of its meanings of the word alms here is compassionate acts or deeds towards those who cannot help themselves. Another part of this word is to giving to further the kingdom. Of God. Now that may be monetarily, or that may be you volunteering in an area of the church to say, I think the Sunday school department could use some help. I think the foundation of life could use some help. I think the church in the park could use some help. We found out lately we've been having what I don't know how many over a hundred? Right out a hundred homeless. Some coming, and we're running out of food. You don't know how awesome it is because you've never been there. That's what we're talking about right here. Stepping up and saying, God, you know what? I'm not just going to fast, and I'm not just going to pray. I am going to get involved in the kingdom. I am going to build a wall before your throne because I have lost loved ones that need you. I have friends that if they die today, they are going to burn an eternity in hell. I have a brother, a sister, a mother, a father. I have a cousin, an uncle, an aunt. Whatever the relationship may be that does not know you. And I have been fasting for them. And I have been praying for them. But I'm ready to move this thing up to another dimension. This is the beauty about it. Cornelius was, was responding in arms. Building a wall before God. But he wasn't blessing his own family or doing those things. He was blessing people he didn't even know. But when God showed up, God took care of his business. God filled his family with the Holy Ghost. 
God baptized his family in the name of Jesus. God moved mightily in his family. And so what we need to ask ourselves today is, God, I'm fasting. God, I'm praying. But I want to bring it higher in my life. What can I do? Show me, God. Speak to me, God. I want to give alms. his fasting his prayer and his arms that built this wall this word means being invested in the work of God and the kingdom of God if you're here today and you consider yourself a member of this church and you're not faithful in your tithe and offering, you're missing out on this. You're missing out on this. And the word of God lets us know you can fast and you can pray, but you're never going to get there until you enter the alms business. Until you get involved in giving yourself to the kingdom of God. And I know I'm preaching to the Sunday morning crowd, but Dear Lord in heaven, y'all need it. I can't get you here on Wednesday. I got to preach at you on Sunday. Wednesday night crowd, they get this every Wednesday. You ought to show up. Fun. Have a blast. Until you get involved in the arms business, you're not going to reach this level in God. I'm just, I'm just laying it out to you the way it is. That angel showed up to Cornelius, and he says, the Lord has heard your prayer. And he has seen your arms, and they have become like a memorial before his throne. Now, let me tell you something. It was not just his giving that did that. If he was a heathen, if he was not seeking God, his arms would not have built a wall before the throne. Paul the Apostle says, you can give everything you have. You can burn your body. You can do all these things, but it means nothing if you don't have love and charity in your heart. And so we have to start with the fasting. We've got to start with the prayer. That's what helps cleanse our heart. That's what gets our mind right. That gets our spirit right. That gets us seeking after God. But somewhere in our walk with God, we've got to do more than just come and sit on a We've got to get past this. God said if you want to be lifted up into my presence and my power, truly come on you and mountains be moved. You must get in fall. We've got to become active in the kingdom of God. We've got to find that place where our energies and our time and our monies and our talents are being spent in God. Alms. Alms. Give of yourself. 
fasting, prayer, alms, fasting, prayer, alms, fasting, prayer, alms. It is the pattern of Jesus, fast, prayer. Okay, disciples, go do the work, alms, fast, prayer. Okay, I release you. Go heal the sick. Open the eyes of the blind. Cause the lame to walk. Raise the dead. I release you. Go fasting, prayer, alms, fasting, prayer, alms. Here we are. This is us. Fasting, prayer, fasting, prayer, fasting, prayer, fasting, prayer. What will happen if we take that step fasting prayer come on fasting prayer fasting prayer it built a wall before God I got lost loved ones I got a brother in I don't know what city it is. It's over by Lake Charles. It's a little sub-city. And he is in the uh, veterans hospital, the part where you live. Uh, what do they call that? Assistant living or something. He's suffering from Agent Orange. Battled in Vietnam. First they thought he had a stroke. When they begin to run tests, they found out that his brain is being messed up because of Agent Orange. And so they've got him in these facilities. I've been talking to him about God. But every time time goes by, it seems like he's getting a little worse, a little less of the cognitive ability comprehend and understand God I've got a brother that if he don't receive your spirit if he's not baptized in your name he's not going to go to heaven I want to get him there I live 18 hours away I can't go there consistently I try to go once a year talk with him meet with him but I can help people here. And there's just something inside of me that tells me that if I help somebody's brother from over there that lives here, and if I'll get in their life, and if I'll help them come to God, I just got a feeling he'll send somebody to my brother that'll help him and get him in the kingdom of God. I just think it works that way. I just believe it works that way. Fasting, prayer, alms. Dan, if you'll just get up and work in my kingdom, I'll visit you. I'll visit your family. I'll bless the things about you that you hunger after and you desire. But you got to add arms to it. You got to bring this thing up another level. You got to get beyond coming to church and just being a member of the sanctuary, the Palm Beaches. You've got to go beyond that. You got to say, God, how can I get involved? What can I do? How 
How can I bless somebody? How can I help somebody? Who can I witness to? Who can I feed today? Can I help clothe someone? Can I buy someone a pair of shoes? Is there anything that I can do, oh God? Would you lift your hands and love him just for a moment? Will you do that? Just love him. Just love him. Thank you, Jesus. You don't think alms helps. Centurion, whose servant laid sick, about to die, whom he loved, the Bible says. A group of men came to Jesus in Luke 7 and 4. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly or right away. Saying that he was worthy, speaking of the centurion, he was worthy from whom he should do this. Lord, we want you to know that the man we're asking you to heal his servant is worthy of this act from you. For he loveth our nation and he hath built us a synagogue. The power of sacrifice brings a new dimension to prayer and fasting. Isaiah 58 and 6. I'm going to hold us for a few more minutes and then we're going to come down and we're going to pray. Is not this the fast I've chosen? We've read these verses so many times. But I, I want you to look at what the Lord is really saying here. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke. Look what he does, though. He moves us past fasting and prayer, and he gets us in the arms. He says, this is what brings you into a higher dimension with me when it comes to fasting and prayer. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are outcast to thy house when thou seest the naked? that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Fasting, prayer, put arms. Yes, church, fast. Yes, God says, pray. But get up and do alms in this world. Let my light be seen everywhere you go. Do alms everywhere you find yourself. Look for a deed you can do. Look how you can bless somebody, anybody. I found myself in lines. Listen, there's nothing more embarrassing than standing in a grocery line and finding out you don't have the money. And there's 50 people behind you, and they're all literally hating you at this moment because you are holding up the line. And all kinds of things are going through their mind. How stupid can you be? Can you not add the prices as you put the items in the basket? One thought after another in the mind, in the line. I happen to be the next one coming up, and I will admit you, 
I will admit it. I wasn't happy at first. And I was standing there saying, and the Lord said, why don't you just pay for our groceries and everybody can go through the line. I, what? That is an odd concept. Only God could think of something like that. Because he's got all the money in the world. And so, my wife was with me. I said, baby, the Lord wants me to buy this lady's groceries. I'm not making myself out to be anything. Listen to me. I was as mad as everybody else in the line. This was God kicking me in the backside. This is all this was. So I walked up. She had two children, you know, running around, throwing stuff. The kids do. And uh, uh, I walked up, and I, I said, ma'am, uh, the Lord wants to buy your groceries. I didn't say me, because it wasn't me. I said, the Lord wants to buy your groceries. And that woman in that line just broke down and started crying. Because she was, you know, how do you make a choice between the rice and the flour? Between the milk and the eggs when you have children? I remember when I was a kid. Dear Lord, I don't know why I've gotten off of this. I can remember when I was a kid, I would have to get up in the morning my dad had left long ago, and we were very, very, very poor. And I can remember walking across to my neighbors, and it was embarrassing. And I would knock on the door, just five or six years old. And I would say, do you think we could borrow an egg or two and maybe a couple slices of bread? And they'd close the door kind of hard because that was about the 50th time that year I made that trip. And you could hear them in the kitchen just griping and complaining and fussing and cussing. I wonder what a difference they would have made in my life if one morning they would have knocked on my door and said, here's a, here's a dozen eggs, here's a, here's a loaf of bread. What a difference that would have made. No, 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 this little boy had to get up and go across the street and tap on the window because if I didn't get an egg from my neighbor, I didn't. That's why I'm so glad I'm, uh, my neighbor has chickens. My new neighbor has chickens. And... And they send their kid over about every two or three weeks with a couple of dozens of eggs straight out of the backside of a chicken. And we wash them off a little bit, getting the good stuff. No pesticides, you know, or whatever else they pump up in them chickens. But what a difference that would have made. I wonder what would happen if we just open up our eyes a little bit. Just, just get your head out of the sand. We live in a world that's hurting. I promise you, you will never go anywhere in this world that there isn't somebody that's hurting. They've lost a loved one. They're poor. They lost their job. They're hooked on drugs. They're, who knows what's going on in their life? Their husband beats them. Their wife cheats on him. Or you, know, what, what, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. And I'm like, God, we're fasting and we're praying. But can we get our heads out of the sand? And can we say, I want to enter into the realm of doing alms. I want to enter into that new dimension of the church where you have called the church to be. The fasting and prayer is, is, is about us and you, God. But the alms is about the church and a world that is lost. 
and dying. The fasting and prayer, it's about me reaching out to God because I'm just a wretched sinner and I need mercy and I need his love. But the alms is about God touching a world that is lost and dying and the church ministering to a world that is undone. Oh God, I'm asking you, would you lift your hands right now? Let's pray for the church. God, I'm asking you to help this assembly. Help us to step up into this new dimension of arms to build a wall before your throne. God, we've been praying. Give us a building. Do a miracle. Give us land. But oh God, are we doing what you called us to do? Can we somehow go forth and begin to build a wall before your throne by doing arms and blessing and giving and prospering the kingdom, working in the kingdom, blessing the people, oh God, that you're trying to reach. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Our giving to missions is one of the reasons I really do believe that God is going to help us. You know, the church of Macedonia, and I'm going to try to close with this. I just feel like the Lord gave me these things. Is it okay? Yeah, let me tell you something. Let me, I've been listening to this guy called uh, Brother Grisham. He's, he's, uh, I think he's deceased now, not his son, but the, the, the elder. He preached these messages in 1981, 1982, and then he was older. And, uh, and it's, it, it's, I, I don't know whether it was a Sunday morning or, or, or a Wednesday night. I got like eight of his messages, and the one I'm listening to right now is on discipline in the church. Now, if I preached what he's preaching, uh, I'd be gone tomorrow. It'd be, oh, you, there's no way. You, you're like, this guy's insane. But, you know, preaching on discipline in the church. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening as I'm driving, and I notice the next day it's the same message and the next. And I looked up there, and that man preached an hour and a half. And then I noticed that he preaches an hour and a half every time he preaches. I got like all these messages from him. So I'm actually doing pretty good. I, did, I got in the pulpit at like 12.15 or maybe 12.10 or like 12. And, and it's only 12.45 minutes. I'm halfway. I know. See? 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 Do you feel that? You feel Every bit of God just went out the building. Every bit of God just went out the building. I'm closing. Macedonian church. Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 1. Moreover, brethren, we do to wit. Now listen what Paul says. We do to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial, Macedonia in a great trial, Macedonia in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of the liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Paul the apostle is writing to one of the most wealthy churches in his day, the Corinthian church, wealthy church. 
And he's telling them, he's chewing them out. He said, you got all this wealth. And you have barely given anything to the needs of the people. He said, but I want to bring your attention to a little church in Macedonia. Who have great poverty. And who are in a great trial of affliction. And historians tell us it was an economic collapse of the area. And this church, he said, gave more than you. They didn't only give within their power. They went beyond their power. But the part that's beautiful about that is Paul said, and God bestowed grace upon them. Because they had gone past fasting and prayer. And they had entered into, I have a brother in need. There's a situation. We can do this. We can can scrounge this up. We can pull this together. And we can make this happen. And Paul said God honored that. And bestowed grace upon them. I guess the question is. Is do I want to build a wall. Before the Lord. The question is. Do I want him to step into the middle of my situation? Let's stand. Hebrew says, by himself, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Fruit of our lips and thanksgiving. Romans 12 and 1 tells us to do what? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly accepted unto God, which is your reasonable service, being not conformed to this world, transformed, renewing the mind, proving that which is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Fasting. Prayer. You. Or the third dimension of your experience in God. It's you. There's fasting. There's prayer. Prayer without fasting is effective, but not as effective with prayer with fasting. Fasting is effective, but not as effective as fasting with prayer. Prayer and fasting are very effective, but not near as effective. When you give yourself to the kingdom of God. Not only am I praying and not only am I fasting. But now I'm giving alms. My time, my energy, my monies, my talents. And today, my prayer is that when we leave this building... That God will open our eyes and let us see hurting people. You know, most of the time it has nothing to do with your billfold. God's not asking you to reach into your pocket and pull out a dollar. No, I was watching a preacher 
you know, that's the only media we can have for 21 days. So I, I was watching because of the time message. Music, you can come. Make them think I'm really quitting. And the preacher told this little story. It was a true story. This girl was raised in Catholicism, and, and um, she went down to this little church. Her mom said, if you go to that church, the family's going to disown you. I'll disown you. She went down to the church. She got baptized. She got the Holy Ghost. She came back. Her mom met her at the door. She said, you go to that church? She said, yep. I got the Holy Ghost. I got baptized. Mom, you should come. She took her suitcase, put it on the doorstep. Fifteen years old. She said, you are no longer a member of this family. Her mom reached into her apron and pulled out a nickel. And she says, this is all I'm giving you. Now let's see what your God can do for you. This little girl went to an orphanage. Happened to be UPC. She didn't know that. Knocked on the door. Begged them to let her work. She came in. She scrubbed floors. She made her way through school scrubbing floors at an orphanage. Time went on. She got educated. Got a good job. She went back home. Living for God this whole time. Living for God. Still in church. She went back home. She knocked on the door. and Her mom was there. And her mom threw her arms around her and hugged her. And they wept together. The little girl reached into her pocket and pulled out that same nickel her mom gave her and said, Mom, Dad didn't need your nickel. God didn't need your nickel. She didn't do it ugly. She just letting her mom know, I serve a God that doesn't. It's not, it's not always about reaching into your pocket and pulling out money. fact you'll never impact somebody greater than when you give your own time and your own energies to help them in some kind of a way I want God to lift this church. It's necessary. I don't just want it. The things that we need, it's necessary that we be lifted up into a greater dimension. Combined with prayer and fasting. Bound together. Pulled in. And the only way we're going to build that wall is alms. We have to start doing what God called us to do. And that's just open up our eyes to a hurting world and quit being intimidated and embarrassed. And when you see a need, offer it. See if you can help. Do something. And then before you depart, and we're ordering brand new ones. We'll have 5,000 of them here soon, says the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Brand new invite cards. We'll have them soon. Before you depart, you just hand them a card. 
Y'all have to lay hands on praying through the Holy Ghost. You just did an act of compassion and love that touched the very soul of their being. That's more powerful than any Bible study or doctrine or scripture that you could ever spew out. That their religion would build a wall and shove back anyway. Teaching truth to them will come. That day will come. But right now it's just about loving them. And then just say, we'd love to invite you to come and be in service with us. Our church loves you. We love people. We just want you to come and experience Christ a little bit. What would happen to this church if everyone in this building, we made up our mind, Evan, we made up our mind. That when I leave here today, I'm going to become an alms giver. I'm going to become an alms giver. I'm going to look around see who I can bless in his name. Remember what I said, ma'am, the Lord wants to buy your groceries. <laughs> he just happens, wants to use my money. And then the Lord said, no, 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 that's my money. Thank you much. They may not come, but you are building a memorial before God. And God will begin to respond move in your life and respond and move in my life in ways that we cannot imagine. I wonder if you'd re reach over, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. If it's your spouse, you can grab their hand and hold it. Your children. Whatever you're comfortable doing. We're going to pray together. I know it's not our typical altar call, but I think the Lord just wants to speak to us for a moment. Lord, we stand before you today. You have brought revelation into this place. I pray that somehow each one of us, every member, every member of this assembly, somehow We could all become alms-givers. Mm. Take the scales off our eyes. Help us to get our heads out of the sand. Help us to look around to a world that's hurting. Lord, help us, speak to us. We can reach out and help and give. Touch a world that is lost and dying. Help us, God, to add to our fasting and our prayer the giving of alms. The giving of alms. Reaching for the lost, the working in the kingdom. The blessing one another to giving to the kingdom, prospering the kingdom, seeing wonderful things happen, labor in the kingdom. Jesus. Jesus. 
help us. Help us. Touch our minds. Touch our hearts, our spirits. Help us. Help us to reach. Help us to bless. Help us to spread your love, your kindness, your compassion, your acts of deed. Help us, oh God. We need you, Lord. We need you as a church. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We love you, sweet Jesus. We love you, Lord. You want to be an arm giver? You want to be an arm giver? I want to fast. I want to pray, but I want to be an arm giver. Show me, God, how to work in your kingdom. Show me how to release your love out of me to people. Show me how to touch a world that's lost and dying. Show me, God. Listen, I want to end it with this. I don't care what God asks you for. He will give back to you more than you could ever give to his kingdom. Whatever he asks of you, just give. Just do it. I love you. I want you to find no less than 10 people and just hug their neck and just tell them prayer, fasting, and alms. Tell them prayer, fasting, and alms. Come on, let's go to a higher dimension. Let's go to a higher dimension. We can do this, church. Let's go higher. You've never been baptized in Jesus' name and you would like to be baptized just let somebody know we'll baptize you we'll baptize you let's go higher I love you, God bless you be good to one another be kind to one another, speak well of one another bless one another, pray for one another uplift one another